Welcome to the Surveyor Hub podcast, brought to you by Blue Box Partners, the only show dedicated to small business residential surveyors and valuers, created by surveyors for surveyors. In every episode, you'll learn something new about the vibrant and thriving industry of residential surveying. We don't mind what flavor of surveyor you are or what level of experience you might have. If you're in the business of helping people with their homes, this is the community for you. So, hello, Rachel. Great hello. to talk to you and have you on the podcast. We were we were just about to go into how did we meet each other, and I'm terrible at remembering when I've met people. <laughs> so, when did we actually meet? Well, we met for the first time at the very first, I think it was the first, or it might have been the second, Women in Residential Property lunch that Emma Vigus um, started to pull together. And I've worked with SDL Spain in my role for four years, and I'd been in that role for about six months. So I reckon it was probably about three and a half years ago, something like that. I might have got the date wrong, but I, it was definitely sort of wintry autumn time and we met at a lunch I knew nobody Emma I'd met a few times and on arriving I think it was Natalie Deacon and Emma that were both at Howden through the time introduced me to you and you were in your old world I think just about at that point and we had a really nice natter mostly about our kids but actually <laughs> that, that's a nice icebreaker isn't it when you're nervous and you meet people for the first time and you don't know who to meet but and, and I remember that because you made me feel really cool. But, you know, I've watched what you've done for yourself and, and for the surveying industry over the last couple of years. And and I think there's a, there's a number of people that have led the way to where we are today, which has been really positive. Oh, thank you. I have no recollection of us meeting, but <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. And those those lunches that Emma Vigas runs are really yeah. great. And what I like about it is that it's just bringing women across the whole home buying and selling industry together and you do meet with conveyances and and people who work estate agents and people who work in different parts and yeah it's a kind of place where you can just talk about your kids yeah you know yeah and I think it's um you know when you've got something to say in business sometimes as somebody that's relatively made inexperienced in a particular industry or they felt inexperienced in the industry at that point then you've you've got to find some comfort and some common ground and what we do all have is that we're women and the the guys at work do take the mickey you know a little bit like they do but actually what's come out of this women in residential property for me is really good contacts now so I've got through that nervousness and that first stage of finding out about people and myself and got to the point now where, you know, three and a half years later, we're having some really meaningful conversations, like you said, Marion, with some of our fellow women in residential property who work in conveyancing or working in, in insurance. And we learn, I learn a little bit every time we get together and then I can influence our business, I think, more positively through what we learn collectively together. And that's been the thing I think Emma set out to do. Mm. And that's the thing I think three and a half years later, that's where we're at now. Yeah. And do you know what? You're right. We do lunch. Women do lunch. But, you know, so what? <laughs> We we enjoy it. And what I, you know, sometimes women's groups get a bit of a, you know, a bit of a name. And there's lots of, do you know what? I think I was talking to somebody last year and 
they were saying that there's something like 76 different women's groups in mm-hmm. construction and property. And I just thought, oh, do we need another one? And the women in surveying work that I do, I guess it's more of a, a campaign yeah. rather than a group. And, and I guess similar to Emma with her women in residential property, you know, there's no subscription fee. It's not a members club. Yeah. It's really about women coming together to talk about stuff that matters to them. And that's really refreshing to have that. And it's not excluding men. It's just saying it's okay to be a woman. And this is some of the stuff that we, we talk about. And, and that's been a real, for me in my career, since I left my, my corporate role, it's been really, really a supportive network for the ups and downs that I've gone through as being an SME. I'm interested. How? What, tell me a bit more about your role at SDL and how you got into that. Yeah, sure. So I have worked in the property industry for 22 years. So I I had my son fairly early, and at that point I had finished uni, but didn't really know what to do, and I didn't have a profession. So working now with surveying, I see the benefit of people really being focused as young people on thinking about what profession they might want to do. But and equally, a lot of people never know what they want to do when they grow up, and I don't. I probably still don't. But yeah, um, so I fell into a state agency because, you know, it, I liked houses, I liked people, and the two things seemed to combine quite nicely. So I worked for Halifax Estate Agents for a lot of years, they no longer exist. You know, back in the 90s, that was the mid to late 90s, a lot of banks had agencies then. Anyway, some of the corporates still do have estate agencies, but, you know, they have always been problematic in making money through difficult times in the property market. And you see that now with, you know, some of the big brands that have estate agency chains have lost a lot of money, I think, through that world. But I loved it. I loved property. I loved people. And I progressed quite quickly through sort of to management and running some branches and and valuing, but not, not surveying, but market appraisals. Long story short, ended up working for HBOS in their training and development department. Learned more there over three years than I ever did. Ever at uni, I learned how to write and deliver training and how to, you know, engage with people in all sorts of different ways. Redundancy, last mark, last crash. So 2008, by the time 2010, I'd, t- I'd taken a redundancy from Lloyd's Banking Group, as I was a part of at that time. And then really, for a few years, sort of uh, muddled around in advertising and sales and training. So for uh, three years. And then found SDL Group, as we were then. So Shepherd Direct Limited. Shepherd Direct Limited had bought the franchise Century 21 estate agency chain. And I was brought in to do franchise training and development sales, a bit of all sorts. I wore multiple hats. And I did that for two and a half years. But through that, obviously, Century 21 SDL Group bought an auction business. It's now SDL Auctions. They expanded their surveying business won some more panel management business from YBS and continued with HSBC, etc. But I worked quite closely with Joe Miller and Simon Jackson on um, running some conferences. And Joe just said, Rachel, you know, we could do with somebody to think about our panel management business and how we might run it differently and think about the people a bit more. And um, would you consider coming to work with us? So that was four and a half, nearly five years ago now. And since then, I started as a panel relationship manager. And then I've been head of panel management for the last year. So I've taken the whole of panel management under my, my wing last year. 
And we've um, worked really hard in three in the last three, nearly four years in transforming what we do as a panel manager with those small Spain businesses out there. We've also worked really hard to promote and develop our own people coming through our own business to become surveyors as well. So we're relatively small compared to the big boys. You know, we have 100 staff surveyors and we have an operations team of 100. We've got nine going through SAVA at the moment that work in operations. We've got, you know, three or four that have just qualified as assets. Uh, that have come through that call. So although I'm head of panel management, the beauty of working with SDL surveying is I get involved in, in really our development as a business, which I'm given the opportunity to help shape and influence and think about what that's going to look like. So it's a brilliant business to work for. The first time I think I went many years ago, I went to SDL offices. Mm-hmm. And the thing I, I can't remember what the meeting was about, must have been important. <laughs> uh, but the thing I remember is someone telling me that you do yoga classes and everyone gets a basket of fruit. Is that true? It is true, yes. Although obviously we're in lockdown at the moment. So we have um, a, a great place to work ethos and culturally that's very important to us. So basically, Joe Miller and Simon Jackson, a number of years ago, looked at at how we could improve our performance and retention as a business. And this was largely aimed at the operations, not not to begin with the surveying field. And in call centres, your average age is 22. Staff retention is pretty low. People turn up late. They like to have Mondays off after a heavy weekend. Sorry, young people, but that's kind of the general consensus. I was there once. And we introduced a marginal gains scheme. So looking at Dave Brailsford and the British cycling team when he managed that. What he did with that theory or with that process was he broke everything down into minutia detail and then he built it back up again. So things like the the, uh, athletes, the the cyclists always washing their hands, you know, all the time, but washing them properly. Things like taking their mattresses around the world with them on tour because they would sleep better and then they wouldn't get ill. So out of that theory, we broke our processes down and we thought if we can provide breakfast for people, if we can provide lunch for people, if we can provide fruit... Uh, all week for people in the office and also exercise classes to encourage them to exercise and then then that worked brilliantly and our staff retention in our call centre is still probably some of the best that you can see I mean you're only talking about 80 to 100 people it's not huge huge but our retention is amazing and then when you look at what we could do in the field we have been delivering a fruit basket to the field we give them an amount of money for their gym membership every month so we, we try and replicate. That's really difficult with surveyors, obviously, because they're working from home and in their own environment, environments largely. But yeah, we really encourage people to exercise and eat healthily. And that's continued to be what, you know, what we've done and what we've continued to do really for about the last, I think, six or seven years now. Great stuff. Yeah. And it's interesting, surveyors' fitness and how fit they are, because I think sometimes we think it's quite an active job. Because yeah. you're out and about all day. But actually, sometimes you can be stuck in the car for longer than you're actually in, in properties, depending on your, your patch. And it's, you know, you then got traffic, you've got stress that then comes with it, the long hours. And, and actually that well-being part, sort of physical and mental, is so important. So important. Yeah, yeah and we're, we're, we're big on the mental health of our people. We are re-looking and rethinking now what we're going to do because... 
we can't go back into the call centre environment yet. So there's going to be a lot more working from home for everybody, not just our surveyors. So we're already thinking about what that's going to look like. And it's going to be different. We do still supplement people's gym memberships and we'll do that probably with operation, um, with the call centre now rather than doing the classes on site. So those sorts of things continue to be and they're only a small thing aren't they you know when I mean it costs there's a cost associated uh, with it to the business but it's the small things that matter and it's the small things the caring things that people remember and we are um you know very much about our people we are a people business one of the things I also remember when I think about SDL is I went through a phase might have been last year and I was going through one of the magazines it might have been Modus or yeah, States Gazette or one of them and I was getting really, as I just get a bee in my bonnet sometimes, I was getting really annoyed at the adverts for jobs mm. because some of them just didn't reflect what a surveyor did. There was one with just sort of big pictures of country houses and you think, you know you're not going to be valuing country houses, you're going to be doing two-bed city centre terraces and flats. And, and, and they were just really boring. And I remember looking at thinking, oh, why would I want to be a surveyor looking at, at that, <laughs> you know? But you've you've taken a different approach to your adverts and how you try and bring in, I guess, a more diverse and inclusive workforce. Definitely. Yeah, we remember you doing your little video on seeing. <laughs> it was our it was our um, recruitment campaign in Modus or our advert in, in Modus for surveyors our parents too. Oh gosh, about 18 months ago, we sat in a room and looked at how we wanted our surveying fraternity the external surveyors out there to see SDL surveying and like you said Marion if you came to Chilwell in Nottingham where our head offices are people always leave there and say it feels different here there's a warmth about it and that's the feedback we always get but surveyors won't necessarily see that because again they work localized nationally and so we sat in a room and and Joe Miller who runs director of field and operations now and Simon supports Simon Jackson, who's our chief executive, and our marketing team, who are great. And we sat in a room and we brainstormed about the sort of people that work with SDL and the sort of people that we, you know, we would like to attract more of, to be honest. And, you know, we recognise women being really important, but a lot of them are mums. You know, you are, I am, a lot of our female surveyors. So, you know, a lot, a lot we had one, one new recruit at the time who'd come back to us after taking a period of time off to bring her up. She was nervous about coming back, but she said if she'd have had the opportunity to maybe work part-time, she would have come back sooner. So we've been quite explicit, really, in saying that we'll talk to anybody. We'll give anybody the opportunity um, to work with us. They go through an interview. They have to fit all the, you know, the criteria for a professional surveyor. But we will give people the opportunity to think about how they want to flex their lifestyle to work with us. So we ha- now have a number of parents, um, men and women, that have joined us in the last two years really that are on a more flexible contract and we've also uh, been quite positive with sort of the transfer of skills market as well so there are a lot of um, surveyors that will have qualified around the last crash you know that 2007-8 that came out probably got their um, you know their 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 MRICS at the time I would imagine but there wasn't the work so they will have gone into property management instead and things like that And it's really difficult for people to transfer, or it has been traditionally really difficult for people to transfer their skills from that sector 
um, with with support into the residential surveying sector. So we've also built a program for people if they want to transfer and come. So we've we've taken a few guys on in that market. Um, and then women, you know, we're here, we talk, you and I, about women. And we know that only apparently 14% at the moment of you know, qualified surveyors are women or 17 or re- relatively small percentages. And in our own survey force, it's quite small at the moment. Still, I think we're at 22% of women in SDL. But actually, we've got um, nine or, well, we've got nine trainee surveyors at the moment going through the SAVA qualification, but we've got uh, five that have just qualified with their ASOC having gone through building surveying route and another one doing the same. And of those, so that's 15 in total of those, 10, 11 of those are women. So if we add those into our mix and all of a sudden our 22%. That makes quite a, makes quite a difference. Yeah. 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 And that's all it takes, you know, sort of one at a time, getting them through. Can we persuade you to become a surveyor? I've thought about it. <laughs> oh, I talk no. about it. I talk about it all the time with Richard Ballam and, uh, and Adam Baker, who are our regional surveyors. So the four regional surveyors I work with are brilliant. You know, Adam Santos, Adam Baker, Hugh Riley and Richard Ballam. And they all bring something different to that senior leadership team. And um, they've sort of um, taken me under their wing as their sort of fifth regional with them, if you like. And Richard Ballam's very keen to help me and support me. Think you um, should go for it. You know what I'm like. <laughs> you want to yeah. have a chat. <laughs> Thanks, Marion. <laughs> so let's. Um, uh, one of the reasons I wanted you to talk to you on the um, on the podcast was to talk to you about panel. Yeah. And how it works working for a corporate or mini corporate, what you call yourselves, yeah. uh, and getting onto a panel. So most of our audience within sort of blue box are SMEs. Yeah, they like to work for themselves because they have autonomy over what they do. They get to choose the work that they that they do, and a lot of them, are, quite frankly, end up being a bit fed up working for a corporate. You know, mm-hmm. but then you've also got some who have just actually just qualified, and they probably come from a different industry. You know, so they've got business experience, and then it's a natural thing for them to do to run their own business. Yeah, and then they get to the well, or how do I find work, and what kind of work do I? do I want to do and you run a panel don't yep. you yeah so tell me a bit about the panel and how that works so for SDL surveying we um, look after a couple of large lender clients so we we are the panel manager for HSBC Yorkshire Building Society but then we also do work for a number of the other large um, high street lenders. but they're our main they are our main clients and we were the first panel manager in 1989 as direct valuations at the time. And that name uh, has all sorts of connotations with it. You know, the surveying world of SMEs will sometimes go, oh, you know, direct valuations. uh, Yeah, they changed the landscape of um, residential valuations. But what I will say is, you know, and I'll come on to this probably in a question in a minute, is that, that the world has changed a lot in 30 years. So we are where we are today. And we're a panel manager, which means it's our responsibility to get the work done for our clients in the best way, as quickly as possible, with the best service and the best level of risk management that you possibly can. So essentially, we manage risk, really, as a business. And our objectives are to, you know, get the job placed right first time, to have zero declines. And that doesn't mean a surveyor zero decline evaluation. That means that we don't decline any jobs, that all our jobs get completed. 
and that we commit and adhere to a SLA, a service level achievement for our clients. And in order to do that, we have our own staff model, which we talked about in an earlier question. So we have 100 staff uh, surveyors who cover large chimney pot areas across the country. But of course, then we have probably 50% of our work that can't get completed by our staff. So that's when we panel the work out. That, that's the tra- traditional um, terminology for it. So there are many panel managers, there's some big corporates, there's some smaller ones. And then we're kind of, I guess, the bulk, well, we grew our market share last year from 14% to 18% of all of the uh, residential valuation work done. So we, we, we're quite big in terms of panel management now, and our ambition is to grow some more. And that's largely through service. So for us, everybody will say service is the most important thing to them, but for us, Really and truly, our service has been market leading for two years now. So there is nobody that has beaten us in terms of SLA service level for their lenders. And how we've done that is is by um, building our relationships with our panel. And really, um, we're at the point where our trusted relationship with every single SME business we work with is brilliant. I'd say better than I think anybody else could offer. And that's, I know I, it's my world, it's my passion, but I, I truly believe it. And the testimonies, testimonies I get on a regular basis suggest that. So panel management in a nutshell is getting all our work done for all of our lenders, the most efficient way and in this, the quickest time for, so the applicant and the lender are satisfied with the service. Okay. So we asked the Surveyor Hub members uh, some questions mm-hmm. of what they wanted to know about panels. So let's just run through a few of those. Mm-hmm. First one, which was the most popular, is what do you need to do to get on a panel, a panel or your panel? What what tips have you got there? I think it probably is the same for most panels because it's about risk. So it's making sure that that firm's due diligence is compliant. So with ourselves, we have a, an online portal where anybody that's successful will um, fill out all their application on our online portal. And you need to have two directors of your business. That's the most important thing. You don't have to be both surveyors, but two named directors for the business. You have to have your PL, so your public liability, your EL, your employment liability. Professional indemnity, your own PI is really important. You need to be diligent in all of the financial services policies that the FCA would expect because that's but we would help you with that if you didn't have those in place. You'd obviously need to be VRS as individuals to carry out the work and RICS, um, ASOC or MRICS. If you do home buyers, brilliant. And then obviously we would expect a home buyer license. So there's a whole raft of due diligence, but we would help anybody with that, as in show them, uh, send a fact sheet, a worksheet information so that they could understand what that is. But it would be the same for any panel manager. I think I think any of the panel managers that you might apply to get onto their panel would expect pretty much the same because it's the due diligence that runs the way, right the way through the lenders, us, and to the uh, surveyors that are carrying out work. Okay. And I guess that's where it gets a bit confusing from a a consumer point of view, looking at, Mm. well, I went to the bank to get a mortgage valuation and I ticked a box to say I want a survey. And then it's gone to you as panel manager and then it gets panelled out to another firm. Mm-hmm. And then what then happens then? Will will that panel firm send their own terms of engagement to the client or do they do it through through you? 
So with a mortgage valuation, that's quite different, isn't it? Because the mortgage valuation is, is not for the consumer. It's not for the applicant. It's for the bank. And obviously, in this day and age, those mortgage valuations largely are not disclosed to the applicant either. So, you know, the, the valuation is carried out, the inspection, the report's completed, and it's sent to the lender. So, you know, that's that. That's where we need to find a way in our collaborative society of property to get the consumer to understand, the applicant to understand that really they need a survey doing on, on the biggest investment in their life. Do you know what? I I think it's like rounding up kittens and boiling the ocean. You know, in 30, 40 odd years, they still don't, the consumer still doesn't know the difference. So why are we trying to teach them? Mm-hmm. When actually we need to change the way that we work, our yeah. processes. Yeah. And we're seeing lenders now decouple the yeah. what we could have called traditionally called scheme two or scheme three, so you know, home buyer and mortgage value or building survey and mortgage valuation. Yeah. So they're they're decoupling them, aren't they? Yeah, they are indeed. And um, most high street lenders have now decoupled the products. So actually for for us, uh, for our lenders, we will offer that scheme two or scheme three out of you know the the mortgage valuation but in terms of scheme two or scheme three so if we're instructed to do that by the lender or or we you know speak to the applicant ourselves and offer that service then yeah you're right the terms and conditions are between the surveying firm that complete that and the client and that is confusing and I think the consumers get confused with it with our panel network that we work with, and they're all all really good in that when they send their terms and conditions out, they send a fact sheet that we've worked on them with them so that the consumer can understand that the surveyor is, is doing the mortgage valuation if they're doing them at the same time for the lender and they're doing the the home buyer, the scheme to for the applicant and the terms and conditions need to come back to them. And they're all very good engaging with that customer and speaking to them about any specific queries that are raised during that survey. So yeah, it is confusing. I guess panel management is about being able to serve the country. So panel management is for the lender about being able to make sure that everybody gets serviced um, on a localised level, you know, home buyers and building surveys, I think local SME businesses are much better at managing their private survey world anyway. And and I, and, and I won't go into it now. It's probably a topic for another day, Marion. But, you know, Scotland and, and home reports work so much differently um, and, in my opinion, better because the surveyors work with the agents, blah, blah, blah. So, but that's a different product. And that's where you spoke about we need to probably just change how we service this industry rather than trying to make something stick that hasn't for 30 or 40 years. Yeah, yeah. So other questions we've got here um, was, uh, next one was on PI cover. How does yeah. that work? So I take it the panel firm has their own PI cover, but you will have requirements on what level and what type, etc. Yeah, absolutely. And PI, not my specialist subject, but I keep a, a real careful eye on it. We have a very good relationship with our insurer and it's a very difficult market. So we, we recognise mm. that. But yes, firm needs to have their own PI. Now, how that will happen in the future, I don't know. We're looking at all sorts of different initiatives as a business right now on how how that might look different for SMEs next year or the year after. But right now, yes, they would need their own PI. Okay. And in terms of 
reports. So one of the questions we've had was, can you do your own reports or do you have to use yours or theirs? One of the difficult things, I think, is trying to get 500 surveyors or whatever doing the same thing to the same standard on the same report so it's consistent for the lender. That's really hard, isn't it? Yes, it is. But this is how, you know, we've we've delivered our service for our lenders differently over the last three years. So a lot of people that might have heard me speak or see the LinkedIn posts I might post, I talk about the SDL network. And the SDL network are panel firms. So they're SMEs in varying sizes from two surveyors up to 30 surveyors. And how they, they commit to the network, which is different from the traditional panel, is they work in our iPad technology. So, you know, it's no secret. We work with eTech since 2011. eTech claim now, well, sorry, CoreLogic, that 75% of mortgage valuations are now carried out in, in their um, iPad app. I, I don't know if that's right or not, but certainly for us, all of our staff surveyors and all of our network surveyors now complete all of their mortgage valuations in the iPad. So the lender-specific forms are built into that iPad app, which means that every surveyor will follow the same flow, the same route to the report. The site notes carry exactly the same sections, and the, the report can't be signed off unless the actual specifics are completed, along with the comparables, which are more important than ever, ever before. And we use Rightmove on the go that's that's connected and linked in with that application. So everybody that completes the work for us in our network have access to that, which means there's a consistency for the lender. But it's also very, it's much quicker too for the surveyor. When you're talking about scheme twos and threes, we do have a home buyer in the app, but we don't insist the network use that. They can if they want to, but if they choose to use their own um, process for a home buyer, we're quite happy for them to do that. What we do specify is that they, they use the RICS. And with a building survey, we take samples of their building surveys quarterly to make sure that their standards are maintained. So we kind of manage it in that way. And just on on the home buyers, obviously we've got the new home survey standard, which has now been it was due to come out first of June. It's now been delayed to December. Yeah. Does SDL have its own version of yeah. a home buyer report? Yeah. So Giles Smith, who is our chief surveyor, was on the Home Standards Committee. Marion, I'm sure you've you and Giles have, have spoken over a, a cuppa on this anyway. Do you know what, actually, no, do you know what, actually, no, I've never met him. I think we've exchanged emails once, but yeah, no. <laughs> well, well, I will do my best to make sure uh, we have we have a chat together, <laughs> the three of us at some point. But yeah, Giles is, is, is brilliant for us as a chief surveyor because he, he engages with the RICS a lot. So he's on a lot of the committees, he's involved with a lot of that. So from the SDL perspective, with any changes um, around that, we have good guidance from Giles. So yes, we will be from December um, using our, our own processes around that. When it comes to representing these sort of small firms, many of them actually don't get insight to the RICS, to the, the panel discussions, to all the things that, that happen. And it's it's quite hard to, I don't want to say it's FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, sometimes you can sort of feel quite excluded and it's important that SMEs are represented. One of the questions that came up was about fees. Yeah. You know, uh, fees for SMEs. Yeah. But, also, but, but how 
can you play your part as a panel manager to one make sure that everyone gets pay, paid a, a fair fee but also that they're represented Yes, yeah, so I, I'll I'll talk about again how we're different from other people, and and the people that work with us through the network would happily, I'm sure, share some of their experiences with some of these SMEs of working with SDL. So again, I can't speak for the other panel firms, but I can certainly speak proudly for for ourselves. Fees are are one that we get asked about all the time, and obviously the fees for mortgage valuation work have demised. Over the last uh, 30, 20, 10, 5 years. So the fee today for a mortgage valuation is nowhere near what it once was once upon a time. What I will say is the world's changed a lot. We, we know that we're changing a lot. Now we're going to go into a new norm and goodness knows what that might look like. The conversations, if people want to talk to us, it's a difficult conversation when you don't know somebody and they don't trust you in the first instance. And they say, well, you, you know, the fees are awful. Why would I do that? For us, it's much more than the, the fees, and it is about keeping people informed as well, Marion. So being a part of the SDL network means that, that we will deliver consistent work to all the firms that, that deliver capacity to us all year round. Now, if the market crashes, and, and again, we don't know what, what's going to happen you know, in three months, six months time at the moment, but actually, if the market becomes difficult, it is difficult for all of us. So people say, well, how can you guarantee that consistency, Rachel? I said, well, we can, because if you guarantee the capacity for us, then we will make sure that you are well fed all year round. And then when it comes to difficult times, like right now, when we've got our SME businesses that haven't been doing much work for the last seven weeks, they're still being paid for the work that they've done consistently for SDL, you know, through their invoice, through their self-bill and payment scheme. So one, to put that into context, one a firm said to me, Christmas, you know, I was a bit like, mm, I'm not sure if we really want to do the, the work because the fees aren't amazing. But actually what we get is we get consistent work. We know where we stand with you. So basically um, what happens is we ask a, a business in a postcode area to uh, allocate one of their surveyors to us for two days a week. We guarantee that we'll fill that surveyor up two days a week. That surveyor will be booked for by our team. So there's some um, admin costs that are alleviated by us doing that. We provide the app. So there's cost alleviated from using the SDL technology. They don't pay a quest fee because we cover all of that. There's no right move fee because we cover the right move on the go fee. So all of a sudden through completing the work for SDL on a commitment of two days a week, they'll be guaranteed a minimum income for those two days a week every week of the year but they're saving some cost on staff some cost on admin some cost on those Mm. so that's that's the first thing the next thing is we've got an audit team that checks all their work and and shares that with them so that's brilliant the next thing is they deal with me and my team so we know every single network surveyor that works for us we talk to the directors you know throughout this covid crisis and lockdown over the last seven weeks Every single firm has received an email from me at least once a week telling them what SDL surveying are doing. We've done panel question and answers with our experts so they know what the market's doing. Everything we share with our staff surveyors, we share with them. We do a conference, a big conference once a year where they're invited day and a bit of fun at night for a black tie dinner. We deliver CPD to them face-to-face, what we have done, which has made up 75% of their CPD throughout the year if they want it. But the biggest thing about it is that we've been doing this for three and a half years now, and we've got 110 firms, 365 surveyors, 
and nobody has has taken themselves off that network. So everybody that has started with us is still with, oh, there's one or two, but but most people, 99.9% of the people that have started with us are still with us. And they're part of our plan now of rolling out of exit strategy as and when that happens. So we've told them what our volumes are, how much work they can expect from us. So they can forecast bringing their people out of furlough. So I know that's a really long answer to your question, but essentially there's two things we do. We guaranteed work, which is guaranteed minimum fee all year. And then we guarantee the relationship and the support to the wider world of surveying so they get informed about what's what's really going on. And then finally, what I would always say is don't put all your eggs in one basket. So as an SME business starting up or already existing, private work's really important. That's always going to pay you the best money that you can you know, earn um, revenue-wise. The panel work is consistent, so it'll pay you fixed cost base won't make you a millionaire but it'll pay your bills the surveying work private work will be your you know investment but also diversify so we've got businesses that work in land or have a mortgage broker business as well so you know think about and we can help with those things because you know the relationship enables us to have those conversations so think about you know estate agency mortgage broker land development those things because if you diversify your business it makes you more secure yeah, absolutely. No, that's really, really insightful. And just one last question, just to, mm-hmm. to round up. One of the questions we had was, will you rethink your current entry requirements if firms are ready to help now? And I guess, the, I guess extending that question out into why wouldn't you accept a firm? And that would be if it didn't meet your criteria. And, and that's important from, from a PI risk point of view, from the lender's risk sort of point of view. Or I guess perhaps you don't, you have covering that area and a relationship already. Yeah, the, yeah, there's a bit of both there, Marion. I mean, we, like, like most businesses in property for quarter one in 2020, we were having the best year ever. So up until March the 23rd, 2020, we were, were doing more transactions, more work as a business than we ever, ever, ever have done. So we were looking to grow this year. So we would welcome, and we probably we're not saying that that is going to stop. So we have good postcode coverage in most areas of the country with our SDL network, panel network. But we're always wanting to improve our service. So the more people we have as part of our network and staff means our service average come down from, you know, four point five days to. 3.8 days or whatever, you know, whatever our target is, because the technology enables you to book into multiple diaries and get the work done in that way. So it's very efficient. So yeah, we, we, we're, but we're open to, to growth. We're open to talking to people all over the country still. The panel criteria, we're guided by ARPI insurance, our own, because we have part of our PI, own PI insurance is built around the fact that we're a panel manager. So what's our due diligence as a panel manager? And we're a risk business and also the lender's expectations. So we can't budge on our criteria Mm. because it's a risk business. But what we can do is we can talk to people about how they can improve themselves to get to the point of that criteria. And I would happily talk people all day long about that you know about support and about growth for their business because ultimately it's support and growth for our business so yeah we, we we're saturated in some postcodes but we're looking to grow everywhere really and yes talk to us because we're, we, we're open to supporting people 
Rachel, it's been really good to talk to you today. Thank you very much. It's all right, you um, too. I'll see you at the next lunch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even if it's the virtual one, Marion, I shall see you there. The virtual and, one, And yeah. take care of you and your family, and I'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Surveyor Hub podcast. We'd love it if you leave a review and let us know how we're doing. And if you want to find out more about how we're making a difference, visit us at blueboxpartners.com.